0: we go. We're alive. <clears throat> so oh, we you. know i know they never give it to us clean but we all right though. <laughs> hello good people <clears throat> i was mad loud my bad hello good people my name is 4kj this is the For the stress podcast how are you good folks doing um i'm joined always by my good brother frankie metals um keep your aka short today because we have a uh, very prestigious guests in the building. So Frankie Metals, aka L Capitan, Ten, aka L Cap, aka Cap's Lock, aka the Backwood Ninja, aka the Left, aka the Getaway Driver, aka Texas Frankie, aka the Swamp Thing. Oh, that's good. Oh, all right, I got, I got, to, I know, I know. I went to a thing. I went to a thing. How are you, beloved? You good? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm great. I'm sorry, Frankie. Frankie was, Frankie was smoking. Frankie was smoking, but we good. Uh, church announcements. Follow show on everything, Instagram for the stress underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash 4kj. You can follow Frankie on IG at Frankie Metals. You can follow the Dojo at the Dojo JC. Make sure you visit the website for the stresspodcast.com, powered by Stay Cozy Studios. Make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a motherfucking friend, and all that good shit like that there. Now, if it sounds like I was rushing through the intro, I kind of was because we have a prestigious guest in the building I'm trying to get this good brother in here for um months now but you know everything is on Devon Thomas. we got the good brother the doctor rapper the favorite rappers favorite rapper that's what I heard that's what the streets told me okay um got my man Keys Chandler in the building how are you bro Yes sir, yes sir, appreciate you, I'm doing really good You know, it feels great to be here Like you said, we've been trying to get this thing going for a couple of times So, I'm just, I'm blessed, you know I'm, I feel welcome here, it feels like home already Yeah, 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 so I'm, I'm good So, uh, for those of you who don't know Keys uh, Keys is one of our premier artists here in the city But, um, I like to tell people how I get to know Or how I came across my guests So, shout out to my brother P-Dot p dot put me on the keys a while ago a while ago and he was like yo you got to you got to listen to him you got to listen to this nigga nice he nice he nice so i'm like all right boom so i started listening to your project. i think i was listening to nox tape that's a good I, way to start i'll be listening man. i'll be listening <laughs> that's a good way to start yeah i was listening to the nox tape and i'm like oh alright." I like this. I like this. And then you put out some more projects, probably some more videos. But the one that got me, which we'll get into a little later, is The Soul Needs Healing. That was the one I was like, nah, I gotta talk to this guy. Because he (laughs) out here talking, talking that talk for real. Yeah. But one of the most interesting things for me is that you are an actual doctor. Yeah. Yes, I am. Um... And to me that was probably one of the wildest things I learned about you Because I was hearing you say it in your rap But I thought it was like a metaphor yeah. Or it was like you know You heel in the hood or something yeah. like that And then I, I think I saw you post something Where you was like yeah no nigga I got my It's, it's a degree yeah. Like I'm in my whole gown and all of that mm-hmm. Um First of all congratulations Appreciate that Shout out to you for that Because that. that's, that's a very very Um prestigious thing to do and it's almost um two sides almost opposite ends of the spectrum yeah just being you know being in the hip-hop and then still being a medical professional mm-hmm. but before we get into all of that you know i got i have to ask like when did this all start for you as far as music so um i always You know, when I get this question, it's always, you know, kind of the same thing. You know, your birth of being introduced to something never changes. It's a part of your history. It's a part of your journey. Uh And it always goes back to my mom. My mom being a real, you know, hip-hop head. And, you know, I was, you know, working on, like, you know, a couple of um, writings and stuff like that the other day. Because, you know, me being, you know, a, a... doctoral profession professional and uh you know professor of social work i gotta you know pump out manuscripts and publications stuff like that so Mm -hmm. you know i had one thing where i was working on where i was kind of doing like a i want to say like a biographic type of scope of how i got introduced to Mm hip-hop and it really came from my mom when i was the age of i'm gonna say seven okay Moved out I was living with my great grand We always living under one roof My great grandparent's Multi-generational household And she moved out Because Mm -hmm. she was working overnights And I really didn't get to see her During the week Mm -hmm. I would see her on the weekends Strictly And When I would see her during the week It would literally be like A half an hour When she would pick me up from school Mm -hmm. And during that time When we would come back She would put on like Video music box Okay and be playing music videos and we would sit there and like be watching music videos jamming out and i wanted to watch cartoons mm-hmm. so she would be like tricking me like <laughs> don't you want to be like puff daddy like don't do don't you want to dance like mace right right. and i'm sitting there like all right let me watch it and then you know eventually her introducing it to me over and over and over again i was like yo this is all right you feel me so that from seven to eight was really the pivotal point in my life where i said, yo this hip-hop this rap shit is like is lit and i would start to watch things when she wasn't even there so just from that like bonding experience with my mom from the limited time i had with her and throughout the week i started to really hone into hip-hop as being something special okay You know what i mean because it mended and meant something meaningful to my relationship with my mom mm. at that point so you have a deeper connection because yeah. of it yeah do you remember the song that made you want to start writing? Oh, God, I remember. It was Puff Daddy and me. Can't nobody hold me down. The original or the remix? The original. Okay. okay. And it's wild because, like, that was the Jiggy era. Yeah. And, like, hip-hop purists like nah fuck that like puff did this yeah, and that and yeah. and I'm like nah like but that made me gravitate towards just the introduction before I got into okay. you know the the lyricism and what the purest side of hip-hop looked like mm-hmm. so once that happened he, now I'm so on the hot trap melt like it's okay. hot wax I'm uh-huh. sitting there like Alright, so yeah, now I okay, gotta put okay. my pen to the table and you feel me like see if I could do this too see that's that's always like I always like to ask that question on artists because. For me, it helps me pinpoint, you know, like you were saying their introduction. Mm-hmm. So from starting from that era, did you ever go back and listen to like older hip hop, or was like this is where I'm starting, and you just move forward? So at that point, I was bad boyed out okay. for like I want to say to the age of maybe twelve, bad boyed out, but Dmx style. Nah, yeah, it's not, it's not
1: that's a not a bad start.
0: That's not a bad start. Bad Boy Doubt, DMX Doubt, and Pock Doubt. Makes sense. Exactly. But my mom was so like versatile in the things that she listened to. It was like Miss Hill. My mother actually introduced me to Southern hip-hop. And I knew mad Southern hip hop way before people in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like I knew um I knew Crucial Well, not I know it ain't Southern, but I knew Crucial Conflict. Okay. I knew Outkast. Okay. I knew um uh what's his name? Bobby Vance Blackberry, my last. Like, my mom was okay. real, like, I don't know. I don't know how she did it. Like, we had uh, Juvenile 400 Degrees. I remember dropping down south, and we played that joint back and forth. That's a fire album, by the way. Oh, my God. So, I started to get introduced to just not just Bad Boy and the Jiggy era, but multiple facets of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So, when it came to, like, me finding my own, it was Nas. And th- when I got really introduced to Nas was right after, the the beef with Jay, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, hold on, hold on, important, okay. important question, who won? Nas. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. All right, so, depends what you're asking, because right. there was multiple battles and multi- multiple multiple right. facets right. in the battle. Let me specify. Takeover, or Ether, Ether. It depends what you asking. If you asking about a diss, it's ether. Diss? I'm in a I'm in a minority. That's that's. What now if you like talking that. about something playing on the radio, all right, take over something that's just more catchy. Ether right. Ether's a verb. Like that's that's gonna be in a dictionary okay. soon. Like you you got ethered. Ether was super ugly. Ether, Shit. super ugly was loose. Super so Ugly was loose and Fuck sloppy. Damn, I'm I'm on I'm, I'm on an island with this one. All right, all right. You should have got Irv Gotti out of here with that. <sighs> yeah, he yeah. Okay, all right. So Nas made you... What impact did Nas have on you? So, um, just me growing up in Jersey City, like, I'm from South Court. Oh, shout out to Selah. What? So, you know, me growing up in that type of environment, like, I'm like... When I go around, they would be like, yo, you one of the originals? And I sit there and, like... My mom lived there. My mom lived in South Off Court. She moved there in the 70s. Uh, oh, yeah. So y'all, like, in there. In yeah, there. we in there, in there. So, like, anybody that has came through. So, of course, like, you know, people that's, like, they consider be like, legendary or they got, you know, some of the cr- craziest street cred. Like, i bumped shoulders with them. I've had, mm-hmm. you know, sleepovers and cookouts mm-hmm. and birthday parties with. So, like, I was the, the dude that was really, like, on the block that was... A little bit more in tune with our circumstances. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew watching like television they would have, you know, TJ Friday. So you got like full house, or right. shit like that. So I'm looking at what they got going on, Boy Boymies World, like damn, that should look alright. Like mm-hmm. you live with your dad, like you got you go to the prom or the lawn and film, you got a nice little girlfriend, the school looks lit. Did, did something spark that consciousness cause for you to be aware of that so young that leads me to believe that something like t- I mean it was right rat. because I turned that on because what happened was I have this view of what I see on TV actually it was twofold I got this view of what I see on TV my dad I started visiting him mm-hmm. he lived in Piscataway my dad had a house and i he was the only person in my family that that ever had a house, and mm-hmm. I was I would visit him maybe like once a month. Mm-hmm. And when I would go there, I would be like, "This is some bullshit," because I live in the courts, right? right. So you know what I'm seeing, right? And I go to Piscata, My father got big ass lawn in the front, big ass lawn in the back, but we on food stamps. And I come here once a month, and I don't understand like it's this. Two, this is like fake. Yeah, two different worlds. Yeah, because Friday I'm mean, there, Saturday I'm mean, there, Sunday I'm going back. And then when I pull up, I'm like, my oh, fucking god. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to. So. Yeah. That's, that's real. So, when I started listening to Nas and him talking about the things that he sees as project window and mm-hmm. how we all got to come together and, you know, um, how the system is set up for us to feel, I started sitting there and just kind of looking at my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, I went to private school. I went to St. Pat's, which was up the block. Mm-hmm. And I was there on a, um, what do you call that, minority based, not minority based, like low income scholarship. Right. So, my tuition was like good. And they're teaching us about like morals and values but when i leave literally out the doors crackheads right there it's, right. it's a crackhead right there it's somebody abusing substances and nobody's helping them so you have like conflicting views from what you're learning in school and what you're seeing outside exactly okay and i okay. struggled with that for a very long time inside the school like you're not telling me shit. Uh, like I, and i was always kind of like combative where if you were having conversations with me about like. You know, we gotta pray and we gotta. I'm sitting there like, pray for what? And uh. like, what are we praying for? Because after this, you don't know what I gotta go through after I cross the street. Uh. After I cross the street, like, anything can happen to me. Uh. That's. Uh. They were so contradictory, You're like, right, right. my entire life where it was just hard to. And I didn't have nobody that spent so much time with me to make it make sense and talk to me about what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. But Nas did. Like they said, God did, Nas did. Right. <laughs> You know, you know it's interesting like that Like I was saying this I forgot who I was talking to But I was saying like Hip hop raised a lot of us mm-hmm. Because a lot of us Like I am I had a similar situation Where like You know my biological wasn't around My stepfather wasn't around mm-hmm. But like The music he listened to Was like The blue notes and shit like that. <laughs> So it wasn't anything that or, and He wasn't like saying Yo look out for this Look out for that yeah. And What I've noticed Especially like people from our environment it's like we're learning these things like i forgot i think we was talking one time and i was like yo styles p kept me out of jail mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like Nas taught me what a god body is mm-hmm. Hove taught me how to hustle mm-hmm. dmx taught me how to defend myself mm-hmm. <laughs> real shit you know what i'm saying so it's like hip-hop raised a lot of us And in the absence of our fathers, or in the absence of, I guess that father figure, Mm -hmm. who would give you that game to be like, yo, don't don't do that, yeah, or you being dumb, or you are gonna get locked up, or this, that, and the third. So it's like, I completely relate to that side of it because, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, yeah, D D block was the reason I don't have a criminal record. Oh God. I'm saying, like real shit real shit mm-hmm. so well, our part about it is like we we've seen the demonizing of specific lyrics specific artists and the type of message that they portray mm-hmm. but it looks like that for you for us we're in the trenches living this yeah so the message is being received very differently it's a cautionary tale exactly it's it's not do this follow my footsteps it's yo you know, I did that so you don't have to go through that. Mm-hmm. And that is something that a lot of the outside communities don't understand. They just think we, I mean, well, we could kind of get into that later about mm-hmm. the current state of hip hop. But I know that era was really like, yo, oh, bro, don't do this shit. Mm-hmm. It sounds dope, and yeah, we got the nice cars and shit is nice or whatever. But yeah, don't do that. Don't do it this. It like, all good just a week ago. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Nas made you. Nas helped spark that consciousness in you, mm-hmm. and from there, where you just you just started writing more, or what like what 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 was the progression from that point to being like I'm going to be a rapper? Um, well, first it was just like the appreciation because I kind of, you know, early on there were like teachers and stuff, even though my behavior was always terrible, mm-hmm. like I was always getting like pretty good grades. Like we would take standardized tests and I, was, and I would always be like a little bit like ahead. They would give me like, when I, I remember when I was in third grade, they would have me, They I would finish all the work and they would give me fourth grade work. Like, they'll do this work and I'll be sitting there like, then after a while it was kind of like, um, okay, so I'm seeing that I'm kind of catching on to things a little bit quicker than they structured it out to be. Mm-hmm. So as I start to have this conversation with myself, I also noticed that My thought process was a lot different from the people that I was around, Mm -hmm. which actually made me, um, it put me in a vulnerable situation because when I'm having conversations with someone, they might not understand what I'm saying. And because of that, they feel like, you know, they're being attacked. Mm -hmm. So their um, reaction to that was to kind of um, attack back. Okay. And defend themselves, which usually end up in like, I mean, we say it's like bullying. Like, yeah. all right, now I'm cracking on you. Now yeah. I'm gonna fight you. Da, da da da. Yeah, being being smart or or uh, having a certain level of consciousness was uh, frowned upon yeah. during that period. Yeah. So, so I stopped. I stopped even like. Acknowledging that I may have caught on to things And I was getting in trouble I was getting suspended I was suspended for like 70 days Can I I share something I I hated that shit I hated the fact that There are so many of us Who had to hide the fact that they were intelligent Because that was a sign of weakness Mm -hmm. And It wasn't until like I know for me personally It wasn't until like I started listening to Wu-Tang and I kept hearing the 5% shit. Mm-hmm. And that in me was like, oh, I, wait, I could be smart. I could have self-awareness. I could take care of myself and I could fight. Oh, all right, cool. And, and that's what it was to yeah, me. Because yeah. when I heard Nas talking about it, I sat there like, you feel me? like everybody want to be able to look at themselves to identify with someone who looks like them and talks like them. I'm like, all right, brown skin dude, short haircut from the projects. I'm like, what's the difference between me and him? Yeah. So he's making, like you said, he's making it cool to be smart. Right. So I could sit here and just listen to God's son. I could listen to Illmatic. I could listen to Stillmatic and I understand everything that he's saying and it makes me feel more confident. It makes me feel different about my own self-esteem. Right. You Know what I'm saying? So when that progression started to happen, um. When I got introduced to music, the first part of it was writing. Mm-hmm. But it was like too deep. Like more a line like poetry? Yeah, but it's also like, like I told you, like. If I'm dealing with all of my friends and we have a specific language that everybody generally mm-hmm. right can understand, mm-hmm. and I start taking it to another level and now it's coming out of my raps, mm-hmm. they're not gonna like my raps. Yeah. Cause I'm not there yet. Yeah, you're talking over them. Yeah. So I didn't really wanna um I never really wanted to share too much of what I was writing with with them because I felt weird. I felt like I was on an island, like they're mm-hmm. not gonna get what the fuck I'm talking about. It's like the, like how they said uh It's like uh, Shaolin and Staten Island and yeah, right, right, right. you know we are the Wu-Tang it's right, like right. what? Like what are you talking about? Nah, no, yeah that that approach can it does alienate you in a way if yeah. because that I think our environment um huh I'm trying to word this carefully I think our environment I would say by design wants us at a certain level mm-hmm. and then once you have that spark of consciousness consciousness and you decide that you want more it almost penalizes you for wanting more mm-hmm. like no you're supposed to stay down here with the rest of us mm-hmm. um do you have a moment where it was just like i'm jumping out the window i don't care y'all think this is who i am um that didn't happen maybe until i'm gonna say my 20s mm. it took me a very long time to um be authentic mm-hmm. in my music mm-hmm. it took me a very long time to accept that I wanted to be a musician because I felt like I didn't want to fall into the um, stigma that comes behind being a rapper especially from Jersey City mm-hmm. you know I was talking I was talking to a shorty the other day she's like everybody in Jersey City raps and I'm like this, this is very true Everybody in Jersey City does rap and when that happens, you don't want to be part of the pile. Mm-hmm. You want to stand out. So it's like I started making beats. My brother was making beats. Um, and when we used to go, my brother lived up the block from me. We barely saw each other. We half brothers, but they would say, Um he lived with his mom, lived with my mom. And he started making beats. So he introduced me to Foodie Loops. We used to go to my father's house. And Mm -hmm. I'd be like, yo, what you doing? He's like, I'm making beats. And he's making beats, showing me how to do it. Mm -hmm. Then he showed me Foodie Loops. So now I'm sitting there making beats. Um, And it felt safer just to be a producer than actually say, I want to be a rapper. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't as common. Mm -hmm. So it didn't take me until like my twenties of just going through different life experiences and understanding what your identity is Mm -hmm. for me to sit there and say, you know what? I'm gonna stand up. You feel me? I'm going to grab myself up, grab Mm -hmm. my nuts and say, dog i'm a rapper and i'm good at this and i'm gonna own it. Mm. it took a while Would um in that journey with your identity because that, that's always interests me what would what would you say was the toughest part of that journey just just finding that identity i would probably say again i'm a you know, Doctor social works always bring things back to, like, human behavior Do and stuff th- like that. Listen, so, we, we we philosophize and all that type yeah. of shit. Go for it. So if you think about, like, you know, life course analysis is what I teach. is a course where we look at every single level of de- development from before you even born, like childbearing, then the infancy, then to middle childhood, then to early childhood, uh, teenage, uh, middle childhood, older childhood, adolescence, um, adulthood, middle adulthood, and then older adulthood. Okay each and every level of development that I have experienced from child to adolescence to adulthood, I've had to kind of... I've kind of had to immerse myself in my environment Mm -hmm. to be able to figure out what my identity was going to be. Because in each of those different stages, I was in a different type of environment. Okay. So if you look at... Growing up in South Court, mm-hmm. and you look at my adolescent stage. I'm in college, and if you look at my adulthood, I start traveling to different regions. Mm-hmm. It always switches up, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to be able to look at and look in the mirror and say, "Okay, who am I now?" Because it consistently changes. Your morals and values, yeah. you know, might remain the same, mm-hmm. but who you identify today may change. As a kid, I was get on the block. As adolescents, before college, I was a basketball player mm-hmm. who just wanted to do the right thing. And between that gap between college and basketball, all right, now I'm selling drugs. I'm, I'm just trying to look to survive and take care of my family because now I'm in a, a broken-ass household mm-hmm. in poverty. Now I go to college, I'm on my own. I'm confused and trying to figure out where the fuck I belong. Mm. And then once I figured that out, now it's like, okay, now where do I want to be for the rest of my life? Mm. Is that where... Um Going into medicine came in well i'm in mental health mental health excuse me so with mental health and going into um advanced education i went and decided that when i looked at my experiences growing up as a youth and what i lacked that i wanted to be the change that i wish i had Mm. so i went i was like okay well i wish that i had somebody that can do all those different things that fell short for me as adolescent as a youth a mentor somebody that can just put me in the right position Mm -hmm. to be able to succeed so i started um i gravitated towards social work and i started getting a master's in social work and my um specialization was child and families and i did that for maybe a couple of years and i was like i don't like working with kids (laughs) kids are a little wild they're a little while. It was just so many suck my dicks, kiss my ass, that I was like, <laughs> I'm going to lose my job if I stay in this field. Yeah, because yeah, I'm a snuff one of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but the, you know, the intention was still yeah, there, but it it's yeah, like, yeah. all right, I got to find another way to do this. So, right. you know, when me getting that mental health, I started to understand, okay, well, what do we go through with these different experiences, right, as people within a community and going through, you know, um, the experiences of poverty, being in an underserved community, Right. And how do we make sure that um, us as a group can come together to lift each other up? Right. While at the same time going through the journey of survival mm-hmm. in a mental capacity. Because there was many days where I sat there in my lo- my room and I'm listening to these Nas albums because I'm depressed, mm-hmm. because I'm anxious, because there's trauma that I, ha- I have not been able to resolve. Mm-hmm. And in the black community, we don't sit there and talk about our problems. Not at all. We just sit there and kind of just, you know, um, self ingest self, it or self medicate. Exactly. So I wanted to be able to help with the destigmatization of mental health and the different type of services that are out there for those of us that come from an underserved population. Well, I, I have to salute you for that because taking that step requires a great deal of sacrifice because it's that the work that you're doing is you have to be selfless in a way mm-hmm. you have to be able to um, be empathetic to all types of situations all mm-hmm. types of circumstances and understand that it's, this is bigger than you and for you to take that leap when you could have easily been like Man fuck all of y'all Nigga I'm about to just do me I mean Cause you You were in a position to be like Look I'm in I'm in school I could get a Degree Get a good paying job And shoot y'all niggas the deuces Like I don't have to do It's anything. funny that you say that too Because I had that I had that conversation When I was um In college for undergrad Because I was at a crossroads Working in the um, Information Well Tech industry Okay I was working in school as a work-study student, and they were teaching me programming. So I was going to be doing coding programming and all that, but they were like, we're going to pay for your master's, all of that. If you just come back to the school, work for us, we'll pay for everything, and then you'll have a degree in computer science. Oh, you would have been straight. Hmm? You would have been straight. I wouldn't be here. No, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> I would have been in Silicon Valley or yeah, something. Yeah, working at Google. or something. Exactly. Sure. So I had that option, and mm-hmm. I literally sat there and looked at it. I was like, nah, I really want to. Do something to help my community. Mm. And I want to be able to make a living going back and lifting my people up. Mm. I could have used extra money. No, that's, <laughs> a, that's, that's a fact. That, that computer science salary is what is Tech right now? Oh that's, my God. No, no, I could have no. created Spotify before Spotify. You damn that could have brought Twitter at this point. For real. No, that's. Yeah, shit. So it's like, like you said, it is a sacrifice and I'm not even going to downplay that it's not Mm -hmm. because you be broke for a very long time. Yeah. Like you're missing meals while trying to help people go get meals for them. Like I'm, I'm on food stamps trying to get you food stamps. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Like even to the point of like just doing therapy. You feel me? Like right now I'm doing group therapy in the um, Hudson County Correctional Center. I go there for five hours a week Mm -hmm. and I sit there and talk to them about emotional intelligence. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I go there, I be on a tear with them and everything. I just started that maybe I want to say over the summer. Mm-hmm. They had pulled me in. It's, it's, fucking, it's fucking great. Like I you. see That's people dope. out in the hood. I sit dope. there like you know, chop it up with them and like try to get them to the point where they're in tune with themselves and come out a better version of themselves. Right, right. But I try to be as transparent with them as I can. And some days when I go there, I don't be having the best mood. I may be going through some shit, so I feel like. I got to check myself and put my emotions to the side to know that my mission is a little bit bigger once I walk through these doors. So once I walk through these doors, all of my shit got to go on the back burner. Yeah. Because this next album, it's about y'all. Yeah. 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 And that's... that's... <sighs> okay. We're going... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to probe a little bit. Pause if necessary. Um, That inner work that you did to get to that point where you you're able to essentially compartmentalize how you're feeling versus what's happening in front of you. Um, What was that process like? Like starting that inner work, dealing with the childhood trauma, dealing with everything that you've been through personally. Like, again, that's another sacrifice because that shit is scary. At first it was, I didn't think it was something that I needed to address because when I, you know, went from, you know, my, fork in a road when it's like all right, you're gonna be a street dude or you gonna mm-hmm. do this college shit and I went right very soon after I was like oh shit this is an escape mm-hmm. like I don't gotta worry about my back I ain't gotta worry about money I ain't gotta worry about food I'm straight mm-hmm. and eventually what happened is that um I kind of forgot about all the struggles that I was going through like it was still there but I'm good now, so I'm not really paying attention to it. I'm just having a blast, like out of sight, out of mind. On God, I'm with girls, I'm thinking, I'm smoking, doing this, that. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm playing bad I'm on a college basketball team. Like I'm doing so many different things and I'm like, my life is just like who could have thought that I could have been here where I came from, right? And then one day it just was like smack right in the face, right? I'm sitting there like I'm so worried about what happens next every single time like I started to have so much anxiety just about so many different things because I didn't realize that in this space that I now was in I started to create a um a reputation for myself to be a doer to be a game changer to mm-hmm. be somebody that was always accessible and present mm-hmm. and I started being present for so many different people that it started to take away from my own personal inventory Your your you're, you're, you're giving more than you're receiving exactly and what happened with that is my protective shield got lowered Mm. to where i felt like i was being attacked because i didn't have you know some of the um the strength and the energy that i was giving to other people Mm -hmm. it was all gone so now i start to have like you know panic attacks about you know all these different things that i have my hands in Mm -hmm. and if i can do them successfully and when that happened like this like I said as black people won't talk about our issues right. but I'm like literally like going to the hospital like yo I feel like like a mother down my chest hurt like mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on right. and you know they ended up you know putting me in treatment and you know I'm, I'm having therapy and I'm talking to my, you know uh, psychiatrist and it really came out of nowhere and it's like it's like when you look at your body right and if you sit there and you eat fried food every day, mm-hmm. you eat fried chicken, fried chicken, bacon, french fries, fried for every single day, right? That's that's your routine, right? Eventually, you probably pass out, and then you go to the doctor and they say you got high cholesterol. Yeah, big mama your arm. Yeah. And that is the reason why, that is great though, that we have these like um, these different instruments to measure what's going on in your body Because that is a sign of your body telling you something's off Right. It's different with mental health Because you keep, like you said earlier, self-medicating You can numb some of these things Even yeah. though your brain is telling you something's off Yeah. And at that point, I didn't know something was off I didn't know that all of these things that I went through in my life Needed to be talked about That survivor's guilt caught up to Exactly because it was all suppressed. Yeah. And at the same time I was losing friends from suicide, murder, drug overdose. I'm sitting there like and I'm just living my life. Yeah, that shit that should catch up to you. And well. when it hit, it hit hard. Yeah. And then I had to start, like you said, doing the work. Right. I had to start being practicing mindfulness. I had to start being in tune with my spirituality. Mm. I had to start monitoring my health different my health behaviors differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not drinking to obliteration. I'm passed out <laughs> all day and I just thug through the hangover. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? I start, you know, really working on self-improvement and self-help. And it required, like, me reading books and, you know, like, uh, going on YouTube and finding different strategies to implement in my routine. Mm-hmm. And when that started to happen, then it allowed me to be able to maintain mm-hmm. some of the things that I have achieved. You know, not just... Um, monetarily, you know, externally, but also internally. Mm. Are you okay with being vulnerable? I struggle. Why do you struggle? Um, because I, it's weird because I'm an open book, so I give you a lot. I'm gonna give you everything about me, right? But mm. There's gonna be five percent that's probably more important. I'm like, you ain't getting that though. And I think it's because. Kind of the same things I did before, where I try to like suppress those things, and I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to go. I don't want to talk about none of that. I just want to put it to the side, and it's like a defense mechanism, you mm-hmm. know. Um, that is the most important part, though. That's, that five percent that you that you don't want to share with anybody. Yeah. That's the shit that will change your life. Yeah. And that's why I'm asking if you're vulnerable, because I've noticed I hear that answer a lot. Because I like you know, because I consider myself to be vulnerable. When I ask people If they're vulnerable They're like yeah But Then you're not vulnerable I'm fake vulnerable I'm I'm, uh, like the uh, I'm swing man I'm not authentic With the (laughs) woman. Okay that's that's fair That's fair That's fair Are you learning To be more vulnerable Better question Do you want to be More vulnerable That's a good question I can't answer that Okay Okay, And I'm asking because with you being in the mental health field, with you... um, You know what? I'll take it back. Okay. Because as I think about just my journey as being an artist Mm -hmm. and a professor, so I can use this example. After I got my doctorate in 2018, I didn't want nobody to know that I was a rapper. So I would keep both of those world separate separate very separate okay and i was making so much noise because i was in baltimore at the time i was making so much of a buzz in baltimore doing music yeah shout out to baltimore man they really helped me craft myself as a as a live performer okay um that people started to get whiff of it and i used to be so embarrassed like I don't want you to know. Mm. Like, nah, like I'm not doing that, cause you know I rap, rap. Like I'm not PC. I'm not like everybody needs to go just <laughs> hug everybody yeah, and we gonna just kill yeah, kill yeah, yeah. the things that make us feel bad. Like, yeah, Sugar Hill Gang ass. Yeah, like nah, I'm out there talking to, about the streets. I'm talking about being in the trenches with my homies. I'm mm. talking about all the things that are reality and not just a facade, like it's a utopia. Right. Just some of this shit is just bad, and we need to talk about that and really. Look at it and call it what it is. Okay. So I never wanted to um mend those two worlds together, but I think within the last couple of years, especially me teaching out in um Long Island University in Brooklyn, it's Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a very authentic place in terms of um artistry. Right. And they allowed me to be able, excuse me, to be my um full authentic self. So all my students know I'm rapping, make music. I I wasn't doing that when I was. Teaching previously, mm-hmm. and within the last couple of years, in that space, I have allowed myself to be more vulnerable because I feel more confident that even if um, I get challenged in some of these areas, that I'll be able to um, not defend myself, but I'll I'll be comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, with what is being seen or what you know your uh, take on you know my look is or what I'm doing is. Mm-hmm. Where well, before it was like, if you challenged me and be like, oh my God, you a rapper. It's like, ah, oh, damn, my self-esteem is kind of, mm-hmm. it's hit now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now I kind of really don't care. It's authentic. Okay. Because, you know, my perspective is they're both you. Yeah. Even though you try to keep them separate and wish, salute to you for blending those two worlds because they all encompass who you are as an individual mm-hmm. like I feel like a lot of us try to do that and I know I struggle with that as well like mm-hmm. I do this thing over here mm-hmm. but this over here is mine don't mm-hmm. worry about all that Yeah. but they're all you you know what I found out though and one the one day that made me sit there and say stop mm-hmm. it is so much harder keeping them a, away than it was, is to bring them that's together what to. that's what I was getting to I was like good yeah. I was like so yeah <laughs> all right they together now. you're splitting yourself in two yeah and you're trying to maintain two different lives when eventually they're gonna collide and it's easier to you know what's that line from uh andre this is andre y'all just gonna have to make amends mm-hmm. like it's the same It's the, for me that's the same principle like God. this is who you are this is also who i am mm-hmm. and you trying to keep them separate is like yeah, you could end up in a, a, a shitty situation trying okay. to keep them things separate. With um, okay, so I had to backtrack because we went into, into a whole time. <laughs> right? But so you're, you're in college, you you are studying mental health. Um, when you graduated, was there a decision of okay, I'm gonna pursue mental health, or was did you what, what did you choose was mm-hmm. there a choice to be made when you graduated so when i graduated with my doctorate um i went to morgan state university out morgan state gold bears historically black college institution so the my dissertation chair and the people that I have saw me from the master's program and mm-hmm. the doctoral program mm-hmm. were kind of like ushering me in a position as a young black man to be able to to make my mark as an academician Mm. and it's a good word yeah so they're like publications teaching you're going to teach people about mental health you're going to teach people about social work you're going to do presentations and in the back of my head i'm like nah once i finish this doctorate rapping (laughs) is priority i can't (laughs) wait till this is done okay like halfway through i'm like i'm only doing this to show my people that it can be done Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? Cause you feel like you you might not be able to do it. You feel like it's out of your reach. Now I'm gonna show you so that you can go do it and motivate you to be able to do it. Uh-huh. And the day I graduated or the day I passed my dissertation, um, cause the dissertation is like you know just a hundred plus pages of just your life's work. Like you found an issue, uh-huh. you studied it for a while, uh-huh. and then you wrote about it for a couple years. Uh-huh. And my dissertation was about my dissertation is titled. Um, healthcare utilization amongst African-American... Healthcare utilization amongst African-American returning citizens. And it's really about do black men mm-hmm. who go who are incarcerated when they come from prison, do they use health services at the same level as their counterparts? Okay. Alright? And when I... Completed my dissertation Which was like Very It's a very daunting task It's very extended Very long The day I defended And I uh, Submitted it And they accepted it I was like You know Rap is on mm-hmm. And I had this um, One of my coworkers Who You know I was working at this Mental health agency In the meantime You know Nine to five as a, As a clinician And she was like Oh you passed? She was like your days working here are numbered. And I'm looking like, nah, I'm gonna stay here cause I'm not doing none of that. Like, right. I'm really just gonna do this and rap. Right. And she was like, um, you crazy. You need to apply to one of those colleges to teach. Mm. So I was like, all right. Very lackadaisical went on that same day. Went on King University site. Like, y'all should be an adjunct, put the application in. They called me the next week, like, do you want a full-time position? I was like, fuck. <laughs> you locked in now. Yeah, especially <laughs> like when they told me like what I was making at that job. Yeah. It wasn't even close to what they was going to pay me. So I'm like, and I felt upset. I was so upset. And I felt like I was going through so much like imposter syndrome and a battle with my identity that I did the interview. I got hired. And at the time I was sharing a home with my mom and my little sister who's 12 years younger than me so she's maybe like 17 at the time and when I got hired I worked I went through orientation and worked for an entire three weeks before I told them that I was now a professor well shit yeah I was leaving every day with tie on you know button up and, and then after like three weeks I was like alright I gotta tell y'all something I've been working... I'm a full-time professor at Kane now. They was like, what? Uh. I was like, yeah. But I didn't want to tell nobody. I didn't tell anybody, actually. That's I didn't a, tell anybody that's for an like a, three weeks. That's an achievement, though. Why wouldn't you tell people? Because it takes away from what I was passionate about. Because now I have a greater responsibility, I felt. I felt like I was like... I felt like I had... Uh, um. A great... Weight lifted off my shoulders and passing my dissertation and said, Now I can snip my responsibility here and put that responsibility towards the music and the artistry. Right? Okay, I don't have no eyes on me, I don't have nobody worrying about what I'm doing, mm-hmm. nothing that I'm supposed to be completing all these long, uh, drawn out tasks. And then when I take on the responsibility of now, a professor is like it's pretty much the same thing except now you get paid to do it it's exactly the same thing so i'm thinking like but where does the music fit in because again Mm -hmm. i keep them separate right right and then it was just like you know very difficult Mm. after a while it was very difficult after a while and that was where you know um i started to be upset at myself Mm. For being in this position. And it was like another extension of Survivor's Guild. Now you a professor? Yeah. Like, I don't even feel like I deserve these things. Was that... Did you feel forced to, like, keep it real? I'm using air quotes. Yes. And it's, it's really like I felt because of the position that I now had, I couldn't be me. I had to be someone else. Like, I had to be forced to, like, the term code switch. Mm-hmm. You know, every day I come in, I gotta have on, you know, a button-up, yeah. some slacks, yeah, you're, some you're shoes. Mr. Chandler. Yeah, like, nah, I don't I don't want you to, to do that at all. Like, I, I would really want to come in and be myself. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, now when I walk in, I gotta on, you feel me, like, yeah. Jordan's, mm-hmm. I gotta on black jeans. You know, I might have a a button up on, but it's, it's not, it's no tie around it. Like I'm chilling, right. but that's because now I've, like I said, I'm more vulnerable to just be my authentic self. But at first, good Lord. Hmm. Looking back at it now, do you see how those moments prepared you to do what you're doing right now? Well, taking that step where, uh, went and applied for that adjunct position, Mm -hmm. opened up a whole new world for me. Mm -hmm. Only from me trying a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So imagine if you tried more, exactly. And with that experience, what I have began to do is blend myself from a professorship and an artistry perspective together. Mm -hmm. But also I've been able to blend my work from a professorship and artistry perspective. You be freestyling for your students? They be asking me. I fucking hate it. In, <laughs> and, and in the jail, they be like, "Yo, give us, give us a quick 16." I'm like, "I'm gonna give you eight. That's funny as so. hell. But I tell them all the time. I said, "Look, should make them rap for their midterm." Oh God. Right? <laughs> I tell them all the time, like they, like sometimes we have like specific events that'll be like, you know, something that's a little bit more informal in my um directory. But like, can you perform? So like last year, I know for uh black history month they had me perform a couple of tracks you know okay. some of the uplifting joints that i got you know that speak about like the same thing that we teach about social conditions and being able to mm-hmm. you know find ways to make it out the trenches in the mud so sometimes that's great but i'm not a mascot you know what i'm saying like yeah that's a dangerous game to be playing especially in that world because you can very swiftly become the token Oh my God! Cause I'm not Yeah yeah Dance Yeah yeah No yeah. I'm good Yeah they will definitely Make you be like Hey Mr. Rapper man mm-hmm. Won't you Bust a hot 16 For mm-hmm. the, all these White staffers And all that shit But this is how I got them though Now When that extra Is asked of me I get paid to do it Bingo There you go Yeah Make them. So pay- that was a job Opposed to an act Yeah Yeah make sure They pay you for that work I'm not here dancing For free nigga Fuck mm-hmm. don't you Nah that's That's, that's good That's good that's good. All right, so we're gonna fast forward a little bit because that was um, I like that point. this blending the two worlds. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're at this point, you know, you you're a professor, you're working. Um, did your success in the academia world influence your music? Like with that that confidence that you that you gained you know becoming a professor teaching students Mm -hmm. when you went to go make music did that influence that anyway like now i can now i understand who i am a little better so my bars is hitting a little better my beats is coming out a little better it's so synonymous because when i look at at first when i was teaching i would look at these people that are in front of me Mm -hmm. and i'm somewhat like the authority mm-hmm. and at first I would say like damn like I really gotta be up here making it look like I know what the hell I'm talking about mm-hmm. like I'm you gotta read this textbook mm-hmm. I gotta give you the information and at first I'm like I'm winging this shit like I'm I'm trying my best to regurgitate this information bro we all winging it don't worry about it oh um, god we don't know nothing nothing at all but then after a while I started to thinking about it. I said this is a musical this is a musical performance in lecture format. Hmm. So instead of me looking at this like a lecture in front of people where I have to be so um, articulate, Mm -hmm. look at it like a live performance. Okay. And vice versa. So I sit there and I might have a show and I say, okay, well, what is another element I want to add to the show? You know what? I'm going to sit there and talk about some of the the concepts that we have in social work, Mm -hmm. right? And how we uplift our community and how to break it down in the simplest terms for the audience to be able to receive it. Mm -hmm. So when I put certain bars into my rhymes Mm -hmm. and they hear it, they go, "Mm." like I said something earlier, what did I say? Uh, I was having a conversation with some of the um, young guys about like protecting black women and stuff like that. And I had these three You know Boys come up Right And it's just like When you tell somebody Go to the board Like yo Can you read this for me Yeah yeah And they kind of Don't want to do it But you like Motivate them And you usher them Into Mm. it So I had the three Little boys And I said They was like I said They was dancing early I was like Y'all sat there And did You know Some nice dance I was like Y'all was up to With some little girls too. I was like I want Y'all to make sure That y'all protect them By any means So I'm like You know, let me see your muscles, little boy. (laughs) Praise (laughs) muscles. I say, you better use that to make sure you protect your black queen. I said, say black queen, say protect our queens on three. One, two, three. Protect our queens. Mm. Same thing that I get, I get from my uh my students. I'll sit there and be like, do you understand this concept? Break it down to them. Say this with me. Da 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 da. Very synonymous. Same Mm. delivery and sometimes the same result. Mm. of like a cheat code, little. Yeah, because I think both elements of teaching and being an artist is understanding how to control the room. Yes, it is. So you're honing, you're honing that skill in both fields. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that is a cheat code. You cheating? You cheating. I am. You cheating like a motherfucker. God damn. But sometimes the, because sometimes the room is against you. This is true. I walk in my, especially when we get like towards the end of the semester. Yeah, they don't care. And then sometimes, depends on who you perform after, you look Mm -hmm. at the crowd. Yeah. 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 I figure it out. Yeah. That shit reminds me a lot of battle rap. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I get it. I get it. I think that's... Yeah, everything you're saying is leading me to, like... Because I'm a big believer. Like, I don't believe in coincidences. Mm. So from just listening to your story, I'm hearing that everything that you've done plays off of each other Mm -hmm. in both worlds that you've been in and now you're at a point where pardon me now you're at a point where it's you're approaching that jedi master status and you can weave in between both worlds knowing how to rock this music room and rock this academia room with the same amount of intensity i'm not gonna hold you bro you Read the shit out of me just now Especially (laughs) what I am right now I'm good at this I'm good at this In the last two months I'm gonna say the last month and a half All the people that have Seen me throughout this journey And they've been asking me like What do you think is about to happen I said yo I feel Like this is the most pivotal moment Of my entire career I feel like I'm like One step Towards this whole shit Ripping wide open pause Mm Mm-hmm. And I just like receive and give back it all at all the highest quality possible. I could it's see right that. Right there. I could see that. I could see that. Because you done put your 10,000 hours on. Dude, so, you good? Y'all done put Duob out. I ain't messing with y'all, see? No, yeah. <laughs> it gets like that. It look, Don't look up at me, nigga. I see you over there. <laughs> uh-huh. Dube was over there on his third dream, bro. The camera's still on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, we good we good we good um so about your so something else that you do that i salute you for is um do you call it like a non-profit do you call it like a company like with the so you you throw events every month called where beats meets bars am i mm-hmm. saying that correctly mm-hmm. where you allow up-and-coming artists, up-and-coming producers to showcase their talents. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that start? Because I that, first of all, that's a fire idea. But yeah. how, how did that start? So that started from my time in Baltimore. Because when I started to dip and dab with the rap um, and recording, that actually happened when I was an undergrad. Mm-hmm. Because I had my own radio show okay. in college. So when I left and went to Baltimore, I put the rap stuff on hold because I didn't have no studio. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel like, um, you know, something was missing. Like, I got to get back into this rap game. I got to get back into, you know, just putting my voice out there for people to, you know, just understand me, understand some of the things I have going on in my head. It's a lot. I want to get it out. And... The Baltimore I started to go to open mics. And I started to go to open mics because I never really seen too many open mics here in Jersey. Like if somebody rap, you know what we did. We rap, mm-hmm. we put on the cassette, and we had in the Panasonic. Yep. I mean, we had, you know, um, a couple of people that actually had access to studios, mm-hmm. right? But you never really seen too many people perform. Right. It would be like in a project or on a corner. Like, Ciphers and all Exactly. That. It was never a show. Okay. And when I went out to Baltimore, they had the Baltimore Arts District mm. where they have a school called MICA. It's like um, Maryland Institute of Classical or something like that. Mm. And downtown, they have nothing but venues, black-owned venues. Mm. And what they do is they have small, intimate events damn near every single day. So when I started getting back into the rap game, I was like, okay, let me start working on my live performance. And when I started to go to these different spots, I'm like, damn, I could literally go to an open mic every single day mm. and rap. And it was always a crowd at every single event. That's fire. So I'm like, good fucking God. I was like, why we ain't got that in Jersey? So I'm hitting people up as I you know, come back and forth. And when I would come up, I said, well, since I'm up, let me, let me try to tap in with home. And, you know perform out here too and I couldn't find nothing mm-hmm. um and that was around the time Fetty Wap was popping shout out to Fetty shout out to Fetty free Fetty and they had the strip club scene going crazy that's when you had Jersey Girls Exotics all the different places <laughs> man, damn I miss Jersey Girls <sighs> miss Jersey Girls god damn R.I.P. Jersey girls. rest in peace to Jersey Girls god man. damn yo you had to be there. I spent so much money in Jersey, girls. You had that was to a, be there. Man, that shit was such a wild time. Iconic. Yo. Big Jersey. Damn, yo. I just got sad for a moment. Go ahead. Oh, God. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. So, it was no place to perform. And then they just had the strip club. So, was like, so, the promoters would be like, all right, if you buy a bottle, you can come perform. Mm-hmm. My type of music, I'm like, Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so now I started trying to create music that I think could go to strip. Club. And he's still, like... Like, my friends and stuff, my homies are kind like, this still sound like a message. Yeah, you And just, I'm like, but yeah. I'm really trying to dumb this yeah. shit down. They're not trying to shake their ass to uplift the music. Oh, my God. And it got the Jersey Club beat, but it's still somehow, like... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fix your life. Yeah, like... <laughs> this is what I was going through when I was growing up. Like, it's still a story. <laughs> like, they try to hear that. So... There. I said, you know what? So, when I when I graduated and I decided to come back, I was like, I was on tilt. I was working on the knot State, and I was, like, mean performing. I was, like, everywhere. South by Southwest, A3C Festival, I'm performing in L.A., Philly, all of this. You feel me? All just independently, just putting money up to get on these stages. I'm like, man, I should have to be paying to get on all of these fucking stages. Because every time I fucking pay, the people that they got up here, that's supposed to be they mans in them. That they just got performing, I'm fucking the crowd up better than them, so I'm like, nah, some gotta give because the artists gotta start getting they just do, they gotta be able to get paid to perform, which would in in uh, in in essence incentivize and create a higher quality of artists because of that incentive. So I sat there and you know reached out to a couple of my homies and was like, yo, I want to create this um production company. said i don't want to be a label i don't want it to be um i'm like a um management company or distribution like that i "I just want to produce things like events i want to produce people's projects i want to be able to produce people's like whatever they got going on and i was like i got the first so we started true and living llc shout out to my company true and living and i said i got the first event that we can make our sub um or i guess you could see our, uh what you call it our marquee okay. event under the umbrella and i was like it's gonna be called where beats meet bars and i was like well, what happens there i was like we get people to do an open cypher event where random people come with beats and random people come with bars and we play them and they got to rap on those beats and the person that performs the best we pay them money they're like wow I was like because steel sharpens steel so if we're able to knock people on the ground and they get up and have to brush that shit off they gonna come back ten times stronger and at first was difficult because we couldn't find a fucking venue it's hard as hell to find venues in Jersey City especially for rap yeah they'll sit there and be like you can you can yeah you can have a musical event what type of music Soon as you say rapt a lot, yeah, uh, nah, yeah, we're not doing that. I'm gonna oh, okay. Here's the email to my yeah yeah the manager. Yeah. Start, I thought you you just told me you was the manager. They start curving you. Oh god! So the first one we ever did was at Tal Day, which is now uh, I forget, it's something else. They change every fucking three months. I know what you're talking about. I don't know. It's what right it there is on now. the corner of downtown Grove. I know exactly. And what they you told us about. that we didn't make the bar minimum, even though we had a hundred people show up. I said, ain't no fucking way. That that's a we can rant for three hours about that shit, but okay. So, what venue did you find that led to where it is now? It's bittersweet because I I'm, I'm gonna say Brightside. Okay. No shout out to Brightside. Brightside and um and us did business all the way up until COVID. Okay. And then after COVID, the owner. I ain't going to say his name. Told me that he didn't want it, um, us to do the event unless we're going to do it weekly. And it's like, dog, how are we going to get people to come in here? You're not, first of all, you're not even giving us no percentage of the bar. Uh-huh. I scouted your venue every Tuesday to make sure nobody was coming. And the capacity is 77 in the back. And we had 112 people. Uh-huh. And you told us that we ain't make no bar minimum. That make sense. Yeah. So when COVID happened, we built up all the way to COVID for... Two years, consistently, mm-hmm. every month we had that shit packed out, and then he told me if we weren't gonna do a weekly, then he didn't want us to be there. He wants to do karaoke. That's trash. So I was like, nope. So then we went to the spot JC mm-hmm. where you came at, and shout out shout out Terrence in the spot JC because they showed love, and unfortunately because of you know politics and tenants in that warehouse, they had to they had to dip out. But it's always an issue. Oh, and that's again sorry, sure. goes back to the venue space. Yeah, yeah, Brightside was cool until Brightside stopped being cool. Oh, my okay, okay. Brightside was cool until Brightside stopped being cool. So I give them the credit of allowing us to be able to build ourselves up, mm-hmm. but eventually we built ourselves out. And I ain't gonna hold you, I'm I feel like I'm kind of blessed that you know they didn't want us back because things have. Began to expand a lot more since then. Yeah, I see. Like, what number are y'all up to now? Sixty-two. <sighs> we just had the uh, Friday. Yeah. The the every time I see y'all post, like the y'all are reaching out to different regions now. Mm-hmm. Like, I get people from New York, South Jersey, yep. all over now. And um, so I'm so my question now is, what is the proudest moment that this Thing that has grown beautifully on its own. What is your proudest moment looking at where you how, how it started and where it is now? My proudest moment, hmm. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it like this: My proudest moment is when we see rappers and performers who come from the Where Beast Me Bar stage mm-hmm. and we see them do some big shit. That's fire, like Max YB. Okay. You familiar? Yeah, I'm familiar. We gave Maxwell B his first ever performance. Was oh. that where Beast Me Bars embraced? That's fire. Him? Yeah, first ever, and he won. Okay. And he came back the next month and performed. Mm. First ever. Then he blew the fuck up. You know, now he's running around with Young and May and them and, you know, still doing his thing. We had this girl named She Real Talk. Okay. She performed where Beast Me Bars during the pandemic because when everything closed down, we continued uh, digitally so we was doing on IG live still mm-hmm. paying people mm-hmm. we're not getting no revenue paying out of our pocket me and my partners and She Real came and won back to back in 2020 and then I don't know if you saw Hip Boy had that challenge I did see that I did see that yeah did you see who the winner was Mm-mm. the girl She Real talked oh shit she was the winner but did the song with Hip Boy went there and everything back-to-back back where beast me champion okay oh, so y'all got some some uh alumni out here the third thing i'm gonna say is those two experiences show me that you know this type of artist development platform works but the third thing is when i love to see people who are rappers and producers coming on our stage and they get together and then they start dropping projects with each other mm. it's like and they'll sit there and be like yo shout out true and living like they put me together with bro me and him we tight he do all my beats I do all the verses with him like it be it, it be so beautiful for me mm. just to make that connection and be that connector that some people are missing yeah cause that that artist and development is, is severely missing in mm-hmm. today's music yeah okay and speaking of music cause I feel like we've talked about everything except your music <laughs> um where do you how, how were uh let me get my words together with the type of music you make and the climate that we're in now mm-hmm. where how do you i guess not fall victim to the current sound and not because like you were saying earlier like you're right there mm-hmm. and with your skill set it'll be very easy for you to jump on a drill beat make mm-hmm. one of those songs and then you out of here mm-hmm. But you are sticking to your, your format. Mm-hmm. Is that something like trying to find the right way to frame this? How, how what is your perspective on that? Let me keep it simple. I'm overthinking it. I think that, um, I mean, like I said, you know, previously when I was trying to do the strip club shit, mm-hmm. it was tough. Mm hmm. So I try not to go too left field with something that feels like it's being forced, okay? So I could look at certain music that do go in a strip club. I could look at certain music that do be on the radio and say, okay, so I'm diverse enough to be able to do that, but if I do it, it has to be my way. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I don't want to just go out there and be like, and I start doing yeah, the Walk yeah, and all that. It's like, yeah, yeah. that ain't you. Nah, not at all. Like, if I do it, it got to be me. Like, I like going to strip club. Me too. Like, bro. let it burn. I dropped the Sony soundtrack. Let it burn. Lately, I've been fucking with bitches to eat the yeah, I, I like have the OnlyFans. I'm subscribing to all the shit. But yeah, that's me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how I went about it. That shit hard, by the way. Appreciate that. But as far as, like, the sound, I'm going to experiment with some sounds. Mm-hmm. But it's always it's gonna be like, and you'll see in the next couple of months it's gonna be like, all right, I'm willing to go this far, but I ain't going that far, because it can't go too far away for who I am. Right. Okay. So there has to be like some type of like you know middle ground. Like I always think of the um, it's two songs that I always think about. I think about, um, Kendrick Lamar's swimming pools. Mhm. Where it's like a conscious record, but it's like go. Yeah, I you know fight. I'm saying. And I think about J. Cole power trip. Mm. Because for me, when you think about the struggle, cause remember J. Cole went through like the same thing. You gotta get a radio record. Right. You can't yeah, keep making yeah. all of these like, yeah. you know, introspective tracks. But when he dropped power trip, cause first was workout. Yeah. Workout, I was like, ugh. Yeah, that didn't sound like him at all. No, but when he did power trip, should have been Yeah. how he should have approached workout. Yeah. Make it palatable across the board, but make it palatable in your way. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like I said, when I feel like everything is coming together, I feel like I'm figuring out the formula to be palatable mm-hmm. across the board, but remaining authentic in my music and my delivery and my message in the same vein. So, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying your next project is done. No. No? No. No. I might it might be done up here. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I got hella shit I wrote. I got so much unreleased shit right now. Mm-hmm. I got some shit I played. Dude, dude was like, "What the hell is this?" Because I previewed it on Instagram. I was like, "Should I drop this shit?" Dude was like, "When you made this?" I'm like, "I've been made that." Mm-hmm. I just don't know when I'm gonna put it out. It gotta be the right time. Okay. You know, me and Pete, I got some shit that we got. We got like, man, Pete, I got a bunch of tracks that we made together that we just I need, like i need that i need they that. it gotta be right you're gonna hear something before the years out yeah, we, we got know. something that's pretty dope yeah, yeah, and again that. it's gonna be palatable mm-hmm. but remain authentic to who we are okay so your your so your next like project is do you have a timeline yet or are you just still working out the case? i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the street something before the year's over okay that's cool. my goal and then for twenty twenty three, I'm going. All right. Like right after cause you know they say a uh, blackout period. Mm-hmm. Fourth quarter leading into the first two weeks of January. Once first two weeks of January out, I want everybody to sit there and be looking at me like, damn, another one? Like I'm Cadillac, another one. <laughs> another one. Okay. Like I, right. want, I want I wanted to get to the point where in twenty twenty three I'm gonna annoy people mm. with how much I'm in their face sounds like i'm i'm like that i like that i like that you gotta be in these people faces mm-hmm. so all right so next year then next yeah. year oh next year is up all right it's next up, up next year but in the meantime you have um the two eps that that mm-hmm. which one is king on is that the first one the second one it's only yeah, selling two that shit oh man yeah that shit so fire yo Shout out and d- his system, man, we did that together. Yeah, crap. shout out, yeah, shout out to his system, yo. You got, I don't know, what's what's wrong with your beats, bro? But you be he be out here wowing yo. Mm-hmm. He got some, man. He got some heat. But um, so yeah, so it's the soul needs healing, one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite tracks on, I'm blanking out on her name, so forgive me. The one where you were talking about where you had COVID oh shit pandemic bullets that's that i was just like shit shit you know what was the wild part about that i feel like that shouldn't have been on there nah it should have and i'm gonna tell you why because there were so many people who dealt with that and didn't have an outlet to express you know, what it was like to have covid mm-hmm. and all the danger surrounding it like even and i can I'm, I'm blanking on something you said but like i lost people to covid mm. so when i heard that record it just put me back in that place where it was just like damn i wish i was like you were saying what i was thinking yeah so i think songs like that concept songs like that are important because that's a very regular regular thing that people go through i said that on king too I said keeps be saying what they thinking, so they weave it in. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So when I heard that that one, pandemic bullets, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Pandemic bullets was crazy because um when I caught COVID, it was um during the um it was during the make, making of the Sony Halo 1. Mm-hmm. And me and uh, the hit system was, like, getting ready, like, to drop. Mm-hmm. And then I caught COVID, and I was like, yeah, the fuck? Everything, i stopped now. And we lost, um, thank God, like, and this is how it happened. I caught COVID because of um restaurant that we went to. Mm-hmm. I can going say the restaurant, I don't, restaurant. No, no, no. Yeah, don't talk so, about. they weren't following, you know. The guidelines as much, so you know, me and my sister was a, her birthday. We all ended up catching COVID. My grandmother was there. My grandmother caught COVID, mm-hmm. and then we lost my grandmother. Like not like in fifth, like you know, she didn't pass away, but we lost her. Like she had to go to the hospital. Yeah, I remember that. And then my mother called them, and it was like she's not here. We don't know where she's at. We like what the fuck. So we come to find out they transfer her to a rehab. Mm. To get better with her breathing and shit, but didn't tell us. Was so this, was this Medical Center? No, this was in South Jersey. Oh, okay. That's why about to flaming the shit out of Medical Center. You know, how, you know how they get there. Yeah, word. So we didn't know where, we, where she was at for like three days straight. Oh, that's wild. Then come to then we didn't find out where she was until she called us and was like, "Yeah, I'm home." She was like, "I was at the rehab for three days, and they just kept me there and won't let me talk to nobody, so I just left." Yo, that's the wildest shit ever. So I'm like, what if something would have really happened to my grandmother, bro? Like, yeah, yeah. Y'all supposed to be the people that's taking care of us in these dire situations. Right. You know what I'm saying? And granted, having COVID was so stigmatized, especially around that time. Like, we, you know, they treated that like HIV/AIDS. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's sad that, you know, even HIV/AIDS was stigmatized so hard, but nobody wanted to tell nobody that they had it. Like, yeah, yeah. Nah yeah because, Pe- people's walking around here, no mask, mm-hmm. got seven forms of COVID, mm-hmm. coughing in everybody's face. Like, so, it was it was crazy. And then when they find out they got I I can't tell them. Yeah. It's a secret. Why was it a secret? Tell me you got COVID, so I'll get away from you. <laughs> Shit, but I now Actually I caught COVID the second time I was like, Hey y'all, if you was around me, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, go get checked. That's the response. And I never had happened. no symptoms outside of my um my smell. You mm-hmm. can't smell nothing. Nothing. But you better now. Yeah. Okay. I don't think COVID wasn't no parts of me because both times it was like, (laughs) I'm just taking up space. All right. I was just, I suffered from boredom. Okay. But, you know, all the people that did pass away from COVID, it was so sad that, you know, we as a world Mm -hmm. changed. You know, I talked about all these different developments in my life. But if we talk about the world's experience, like the entire world came out a different type of world yeah we we i don't know i haven't figured out if we're better or worse yet but we are not the same pre-covid no no it's a traumatic experience no absolutely that we have not dealt with no the entire world has ptsd from covid oh my god and we're still dealing with it we're still trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and that's why when people go outside now they act a fucking fool so shout out to you for getting through that um yeah because because that's a That's a wild experience. Bless you. Bless you. Um, So, more music coming next year. Yes, sir. You got projects out now um, where Beats Meets Bars is once a month, you said? Well, actually, um, it's it's for 62 months in a row it's been once a month. But as a collective, we have decided that in the year of 2023, we're going to start doing quarterly okay because what we felt is that the demand for it is much bigger if it's more spaced out than so too consistent mm-hmm. and it also allows us to have more opportunities to not just be because as a company we're a production company right we're not we're beasting bars which a living but doing it every month makes us put all of our energy right into this one thing because once one is done you only got 30 days to get the next one right yeah yeah so we're gonna do that quarterly coming in 2023 Alright bro Yeah you know If y'all need a judge Just highlight at me Just got holler you, bro. me But um Keys thank you bro This was This was a great conversation Yeah Um yeah. I really appreciate you Taking time Coming out Chopping it Cause I-, I have more questions But we'll be here For three fucking hours But um Shit I'll come back <laughs> Yeah word Part yeah. two Nah we definitely need a part two Um Yo get the people Your handles Where to find you Uh Anything you wanna shout out Any uh Beef you got whatever just shout it out keith chandler q-u-i-s-c-h-a-n-d-l-a the doctor rapper the doctor in a block the doctor the classroom whatever you want to call it um you can find me everywhere at that you know q-u-i-s-c-h-a-n-d-l-a i'ma say it again um twitter instagram spotify any streaming platform TikTok. i don't be know what i'm doing on TikTok, but i'm there i'm still trying to figure that out yeah i, I haven't i haven't gotten there yet yeah <laughs> good luck <laughs> it's, it's rough bro it's rough yeah that's what i'll be hearing that's what i'll be hearing but um in the meantime in between time follow the show on everything instagram for the stress underscore podcast you can follow me on twitter at twitter.com slash 4kj you can follow frankie on ig at frankie metals you can follow the dojo at the dojo jc make sure you visit the website for the stress podcast.com powered by Stakeholder studios and uh, in the meantime in between time healing for the stress we all need a form of healing um keys i salute you brother like you 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 got a phenomenal story, bro. Appreciate that. That's a phenomenal wow. story. Make sure y'all got make sure y'all follow keys on everything. Follow true and living. Follow where beats meets bars. Um if you're in one of his classrooms, <laughs> make sure you study, motherfucker, because he will fail you. Oh yeah, that's I'm known for that. <laughs> Why, <how are> <laughs> be mad as hell of me. <laughs> Dr. Chandler, come on. Come on. <laughs> nah, nah, yeah, yeah. So, students, if you're a student with Dr. Chandler, make sure you uh, get your shit together. But again, thank you, bro. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate y'all more, man. Yeah, follow keys on everything, man. Frankie, turn this shit off. <laughs> you can do better than that. To